Hello and welcome to part two of the Gamescom 2017's Rich Achievement Special Podcast. It's day, is it? Saturday. <laughs> We've been here since Monday. It's fair to say we're a little bit tired. We're waiting to get our train home. Um, got a lot of games to talk about, so but we do have limited time because of train issue. Uh, so we're going to rattle through them as quickly as we can. Um, so we start with Wednesday's stuff. Yeah. You played Pure Farming and God's Trigger. Yeah, so the farming one, it was Techland, I think they called. Yep. So it's the first farming game they've done. They were, I think they're just kind of jumping on the farming sim bandwagon. Come on, obviously. Didn't play it, it was kind of, it just did a presentation. It was a half an hour appointment, and I think the video was, and they thought it was six minutes. If you played Farming Sim, you'll know what to expect. The only difference in this is it's set over different countries and you can kind of switch between them at any point. Like normally you pick a map. Yeah. And that's your map for the game. So can you grow different things? Yeah, so there's different, like, uh, (laughs) uh, there's one in Colombia. Okay. All right. You you could grow industrial hemp, which I started laughing at. It's different than the hemp. (laughs) (laughs) Different to Manchester hemp. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's for making ropes, probably. Yeah, that was it. Ropes and like sacks and things. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, there was Colombia, Montana in America, Italy, and Japan. And then they're going to look at doing like DLCs down the road. But you start off in one farm and you build your money up. Then you kind of buy more and stuff. Um, only other thing was it's coming March 13th on PS4, Xbox One and PC. Good. What about God's Trigger? So this was, uh, it was unannounced and uh, it was unannounced before the show so didn't have a clue what this was. Walked in and we actually got a little presentation and we got to play this. Um, it was running on PC and it was a couch co-op game that they did say that you could play it online co-op but right. it's specifically been designed for couch co-op and if you played um, Hotline Miami yep so do you know how like, fast the enemies come, come at you and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. You got, so the the level we had to do was really sharp probably if you knew what you were doing but for us to have never spoken before and try to coordinate and yeah. stuff it was a bit awkward but we, we got through to the end it was just I think it's one of them games where it's going to be infuriating, but as you kind of keep playing it and replaying it, you'll get used to, to know how different bosses work. Yeah, so, yeah. And you had special powers and things, but you, you thought you killed them, but it only knocked them out, so you went dashing off and you both die again. <laughs> but you could revive and stuff. It was, it looked quite pretty cool. I think there's definitely trailers out. I've got an asset stick, so if you're not, I'll put it on the oh. site next week. We have a sack full of assets. <laughs> <laughs> so many USBs, it's unbelievable. Um, cool. While you playing that, I played uh, which something which was also unannounced from Curve Digital, which was it turned out to be Bomber Crew. Now this is quite a tricky one to explain. This is, he was trying to show me on PC. And basically, you put a you're given a mission, and your mission will be say um, fly a reconnaissance uh, across France, take some pictures, and then bomb a runway, and then come home. And you'll have you have to put together a team of um, the crew that's going to pilot your your bomber ship, and there's like it's like sort of quite cartoony presentation. Um, and you choose all the people, and some of them they've got professions. So like, let's say one's a maths teacher, he might be good for like navigation, or 
uh, engineering, and then you will need someone that's got special skills to be the pilot. And you, you get like a 3D view of the plane. And I think he crewed it with seven different people, and there was like a medic in there and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, and then eventually, and you can fit like upgrades to your plane to make it stronger and all this. You know, it's quite quite deep, quite a lot of level of customization. And then the plane takes off, you lift the landing gear up, and you like side onto it. So you don't control where you're flying particularly. You're not actually steering it, but there are markers that appear that you have to tell your navigator to move towards. And then you'll fly across the channel, and that's all fine. And then you start getting attacked by enemy aircraft. So then you could call in Spitfires to help, and they all came in. And it was pretty hectic because this plane was getting shot up. Some of the crew got killed, or they they go unconscious if they lose all their health, and then you have to send one of them in to do it. You've got different guns around the the plane that need piloting, so you can move the little characters around. Um, to pilot the, the stuff um, and then we took all the pictures that's like all the pictures of the reconnaissance stuff and then went over a runway and dropped all the bombs and then came back but it was actually quite deep um, but like charming really really pretty graphics um, bomb, bombing simulator which I suppose everyone's been crying out for for years <laughs> definitely a, a gap in the market I don't know when it's coming out um, but I quite enjoyed it I have to say but I don't know whether it's you know, it's not some game I'd buy, but certainly good for half an hour's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to see Fraser, the legendary Fraser from Wargaming after that, who talked to us... A, well, he didn't really talk to us much about the game, but <laughs> he did analyse some of their trailers for us yeah. in uh, immense detail, which was cool. Um, they have, I think we mentioned it before, uh, on our E3, disc- uh, on our game, uh, Xbox presentation discussion, but World of Thanks has a single-player War Stories campaign. Uh, which is a first for them. Um, and we spoke to them a little bit about that, but there's an event coming up in London um, to do with that, so I will be going to that to find out a bit more about it. Um, so that was quite a brief one. Then we went to play Call of Duty. We got fast pass down to the show floor. Um, worth pointing out, Wednesday was the first full day of the show, open to the public, and it was chaos. I will put some. I think I tweeted some pictures out, actually, of the difference between the public hall in the trade area on Wednesday it was just <laughs> ridiculous amount of people yeah um, but luckily the position where we're allowed to they give us like fast passes and stuff so you can go down to the public stand where people are queuing for like three four hours to play ten minutes of COD and sort of stroll up to the front which is quite fortunate um, and get in and play it so we played I think we played three different two uh, multi- games two games one had like two rounds. one of them had yeah two halves who played on the yeah. team uh, I'm trying to remember. So it's World War Two. Uh, the first game was what was it? Capture Team, the flag. First game was Team Deathmatch. Team Deathmatch. Okay, so just regular shoot the enemy. Yeah. Uh, I was quite good at that one. Felt quite. It felt really solid actually, didn't it? Yeah, it, it, it reminded me a lot of Call of Duty World at War. Like that. I remember at the beginning you they had them classes that you chose from. Yeah, five classes weren't there, I think. So you chose from I can't have the fuck they called classes, but that's what they are, aren't they? Um, there was you chose through the five classes, then I remember there was like a sniper, uh, mm. like an assault rifle and stuff. But it was pretty cool and then uh, yeah, it was it just reminded me so much of like the old Call of Duty rather than the craziness that you get now with like twenty five kill streaks, something yeah. like crazy things going on, but it, it just felt old school. I think I got a 25 death streak in the <laughs> next round. So the next round was weird. It was like really quite confusing moving objectives throughout the whole thing. So you had to like 
protect an area, then you had to build a bridge, then you had to do something else. And I kept running off the map. Like it, it was weird because you, you'd see someone and you on the enemy and you'd like go to follow them, but then it would say you'd gone out of the map, even though you could clearly see them in the same place. Um, saying get back into the play area otherwise you'll die and you've got like two seconds to turn around and get back otherwise it just killed you uh, I was rubbish at that and I didn't really have a clue what was going on most of the time I was trying to play that one as a sniper but I think the map was a bit too uh, claustrophobic because you know when you're playing as a sniper and you look in your sights you get a very small window of vision and normally it's just I was just like looking at a bit of a tree and then someone else just come up and stabbed me from behind <laughs> it was a bit rubbish um, but I really enjoyed the team deathmatch. I thought that was good. But that, that second game mode was like a bit like um, Rush in Battlefield. Okay. Like you have one team defending the objectives, and you just keep advancing, advancing, and you you, you can't go past that bit, so you can't kind of just spawn kill them. Yeah. Ah, so oh, right. Because okay. you were probably too far forward. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing that with anymore. my sniper. Okay. Then you had a Bandai Namco quadruple bill. Yeah, so <laughs> right. Um, did Dragon Ball Fighters first? So I'll give you. He kind of said, "Who knows Dragon Balls here?" And nobody did. Mm. So then he went into some way deep conversation about the story and stuff, and everyone was just like, "Right." Okay. <laughs> um, but it's uh, coming February twenty eighteen. PS4, Xbox, PC. It's what going to be one of the games that they're doing the four K stuff for the Xbox One X. Um, it's a three v three fighter. Um, there's some different game modes you can play like me against you one, and then you kind of switch out your characters as and when you want there was another game mode where it's three real people playing against three real people and you've got a kind of you'll be sat waiting for me to like tag you in and then you fight a bit and stuff so there's, there's lots of stuff it was if you, you've seen sort of it was really anime kind of do you know if you've seen Dragon Balls you know what it's going to look like yeah We afterwards we got to um Oh, there was a weird bit. <laughs> in between games, the lobby is like a little world that you can walk around in. Oh, nice. But it looked like, um, I don't know what kind of trap. There used to be a game on the PC called Habbo Hotel that was just like a, a top-down little, you just see a little avatar. Yeah, you could, like 3D thing. Yeah, and it was like, I, I don't know what they're planning on that. But they're <laughs> obviously going to try and get a lot of money out of it because... For pre-ordering, you got a unique skin for this lobby world. Yeah, and then we got to actually play it, and I mean, it, it was a fighter, so I'm not amazing at him, but it seemed really intuitive. You know, like there wasn't crazy combos. I mean, mm. it probably it probably is if you yeah, play yeah. and get deeper. But yeah, it was alright, and but it's hard to tell what was going on because I don't know the characters, yeah. and it just gave me three characters. Some of them on the other side were the same characters. And it's just like working out his hairs. Crazy anime explosions and flashes and light going off everywhere. It was interesting. Um, then I did Naruto to Baruto Shinobi Striker. Right? <laughs> what? So this is another one where he said, Who knows anything about Naruto? And everyone, no. And then he went, Baruto. I went really deep. Um, it's something to do with Naruto's finished, and they bring out another version of Naruto, like the anime stuff. And they needed a place to go in between while they waiting, so they made this game basically. Hmm. Um, it's a four v four online, or there was a four v one online as well against AI. Um, I'm trying to think what that actual game was. I played it. <laughs> um, it 
I've played one before. It was just like a three D platformer. Oh no! Right, right. I do remember. Uh, this was crazy. It was. It was like a fighting game, four v four. I think they kind of they kind of try to get into like you know the Overwatch style kind of thing. Oh right, okay. Right. So they they've announced nine characters and they're all characters from the Naruto stuff and the different classes. But you can pick a character and then change their class. There was a lot of customize customization, which is the first thing they've done in the franchise. Apparently, create your own character, change the skills and stuff. Um, but the actual gameplay we played and it was like a big map and it was like a platform you know loads of big gaps yeah. but the speed and the movement of the players just like mental you could run up sideways up on walls and mm-hmm. but you could just keep doing it it, didn't, it never stopped and you could jump and double jump and stuff like that and then you would just, but then when you actually got to somebody you had to like you know just both mash X at each other until, <laughs> each other until they died um, it was like a capture the flag game mode but you had to go across like this platform and things to get over it was another one that was um, different <laughs> <laughs> and then I played uh, this was unannounced before Gamescom called Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet so I think I think this is another it's like an anime series and it's like a new IP that they kind of grow in and they don't come for this again. Like the, there's a anime. I think this is another one where they like the season of anime is finished or somewhere and they try to do something different. Uh, early 2018 PS4, Xbox One, PC. Um, the gameplay it was like a third. It's a, it says it's an RPG. It's a JRPG, mm. but the gameplay is more. It's like a third person shooter. Oh wow! Okay. Um. So, like. There was, when we were playing it, there was four. It's four player co op. If you don't have people, you just have like the AI controlled three who do nothing. <laughs> um, it was still a pretty early development, so it wasn't. They did say like there's some bugs and things, but the basic premise was like the character. There was only two characters available. There was a sniper, and there was one who was like uh, had a sword and much better close up. But the one that was a sniper was a bit buggy, so she said, you best do it in the one who's close up. So the way it worked was you had like, um, I suppose it in like Spider-Man where you could fire out this web, th- well, energy thing, and it, like, like you could hook on and jump around, or you could like pull people towards you and stuff, so that was quite, quite cool. You had a gun, and then or you could melee close up, but your gun was like a pistol, and it was like just like dodging enemies who were trying, because they were slower than you, and you were trying yeah. to spin around and with this thing I, I played about five minutes and thought I, I, I'm going to make <laughs> I'm going to head for the door okay um, while you were doing all of that cartoony Japanese inspired stuff I was just pretty much playing racing games so I played Gravel which is by the makers uh, by Milestone who make the ride games uh, the motorbikes pretty much every motorbike game every motorbike <laughs> game yeah ever made has been made by them um, but this wasn't a motorbike game it was a Sort of off-road truck, big car um, racing game, and they wanted to do something like that just because they've made so many <laughs> mobile games. They wanted to do something a bit different, um, and they also felt there wasn't really uh, anything out there like it at the moment. So it was um, it was excellent. It was huge maps, big tracks against lots of other big old cars. Um, it, unlike um, a lot of the rally games that have come out recently, like. Don't rally in um, the other one, um, <laughs> WRC. Uh, it's not really simulation; it's much more arcadey, um, and I was perfectly happy with that. So, uh, had a couple of really good races, won both of them. But it felt like you know when you're quite 
quite satisfied you won because you've only overtaken the leading guy right towards the end of the race yeah. or you've been duking it out with him for your final few bends and stuff um, and just having that sort of race no matter how good the game is it handled great as well which is worth bearing in mind um, always makes it seem better um, having tight races so that was really good um, I'm not sure I can't remember when that's coming out I lost my notepad by the way so I'm a bit fluffy with some of this stuff and all the beer um, then I played another racing game, All Star Fruit Racing, which um, is a kart, like Mario Kart style multiplayer. You can play local split screen. So we were playing three of us. There was me, another journalist, and the, one of the developers all playing at once. There were loads of different game modes. The first one we played was um, sort of standard mode where you get random pickups. So it's kart racer and you have pickups just like Mario. Um, but everything is themed around fruit so your character is themed around fruit your car is themed around fruit all the pickups are themed around fruit and the worlds that you're playing in are themed around fruit but they're seasonal so you've got like a winter um with all winter fruit tracks <laughs> it's just like it's just fruit madness um but the key thing about i mean all of that is is fine and dandy but the key thing about car racer is but is whether it's good to play and it was um it was great so we had again it's it had that sort of mario kart magic where the lead was swapping out a lot yeah. um, because the power-ups are quite powerful and they generally fire forward. So if you're in the fr- if, if you're in the lead, you're in, in, also the most vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so we, we were swapping and changing quite a lot. Um, I won one of the races. And then the second race we played was, I don't know what the race type was called, but it had a really interesting premise. So instead of there being pickups lying around, it's just fruit everywhere. Um, and you have four fruit meters on your car. And as you pick up fruit, you fill up, the meter of that particular fruit and then once it's full you can do a special move from that um that fruit pit that fruit power um, and if you've got two built up you can do a double one you can you combine two of them if you've got all four of your fruits filled up and then they map to the face buttons on the um, xbox controller um you could do like a super combo thing and some of those were brilliant like this huge coconut came down just <laughs> killed everybody yeah what's apart from me um, and that was really good fun I would have liked to have played it a bit more I only had 15 minutes with it but I really enjoyed what I played with it and then <laughs> so I went from Arcade Rally to All Star Fruit to Project Cars 2 yeah. which is much more of a simulator in fact so much so of a simulator that I spent most of the first lap fish turning my way up and down the straights just desperately trying to keep the car on the track we had most of the assists on, I think they were on like normal levels. There wasn't anything yeah. crazy, right? I think you need extra assists when you're playing Formula One type things because the car's just so twitchy. You, like you literally, you floor it and then you spun out. It's like, well, and I'm, obviously after having just played a fruit-based kart racer, uh, the first thing I'm doing is flooring it. Um, <laughs> so it was a bit frustrating for us playing that. Uh, we, we had a nice private room to play it and we had a massive telly to play on. It was just the two of us there playing it for a bit, but we both got really frustrated and I think we need to spend some time with the settings. We were also thrown in pretty much at the deep end in a massive Formula One track in one of the <laughs> fastest cars on the planet. So um, I think there is obviously career progression before you get to that point normally. Um, so yeah, it wasn't a great first impression, but um, it certainly looked beautiful. Yeah, oh, and it's got like real-time weather, so if it's raining in Spa yeah, and you're racing Spa, yeah, it'll rain there too. Um, lots of, and the tracks and maps are the like centimetre detail. Um, I think I need to play that properly 
and put a bit more time in it and, and turn some of the assists on because yeah, it was just mental. It was mental. Uh, then you went back to farming. You'd have at least four hours without playing any farming games. <laughs> 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 this was a bit pointless, really, because he just showed us. Oh, was this, the, oh, I came with you, didn't I? This is the Switch us, version. Yeah, he showed us farming sim that's on the three, uh, on the one now, but on the Switch. And it was like, okay, so let's see if that's <laughs> uh, that was, we caught just a straight up that we went to Kingdom Come Deliverance. Yeah. And the first thing we did when we sat, the, their room was amazing. They had like um, a big wooden table with all oh, these yeah. big massive PC monitors and everything on. But it was all done in benches with like fake wolf skin and stuff on yeah, it. Yeah, it was really good. It was cool. all done all day. Just, and then the first thing he did when we walked in was like, who wants a beer? Who wants a Kingdom Come yeah. beer? And they had their own Kingdom Come beer <laughs> with a beer, which tasted all right, actually. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, he had like sword, like real swords. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. like a fire there. It was crazy. It was blooming hot in that room. Yeah. Um, so we'd never played one of these games before. No. The guy was super enthusiastic. He was excellent, actually. A very entertaining man to do a presentation. Yeah. Um, so it's a first-person... Adventure RPG, I suppose you'd call it. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you play as Henry. Um, you're like a minion, sort of base soldier in an army, and a lot of the game is about you're given a task and you have to go and achieve it in any way. You, that was the whole driver. Really, you get one objective, and the key thing is to go. You, there's loads of ways of achieving it, um, but it had some interesting touches. So there's like static plot lines going on throughout the game that you may or may not bump into and if you yeah. don't bump into them they won't appear when you actually get to that thing it's based on time so if you don't happen to be in the right place at the right time you might not hear these two particular people arguing which will give you information which you can then use further down the game so um, all of that sounded quite interesting I mean, it sounds like everyone would get like different experience playing yeah. the game um, I got a different experience because it crashed on me pretty much as soon as I got to the first town um, but we rebooted that and we got through it in the end but it was horseplay, a little bit of riding, <laughs> a little bit of riding around on horses. It was quite good. To be honest, I thought like it looked it looked fine the game and everything, but it seemed like the the, the mission we did we had to speak to somebody. He said, "Right, go to the village," but you had to ride and follow somebody. Yeah, it? and it was probably about it felt like five minutes yeah, of riding to a yeah. place with not, just pressing A and whatever. Yeah. Was. And then you get there and you discover then it's a bit, it goes like a bit Sherlock Holmes then you got to go and there's something happening and you got to investigate things and stuff. It, it was all right. I don't think it'd be my No, it's definitely not, definitely not my cup of tea. But there will be a lot of people yeah. that like stuff like that. It's quite, hist- you know, really historical. Um, and the other thing as well, you've got a sword but you have, you have it's like sheathed so you have to yeah. unsheath it. So Rich did that straight away. <laughs> well, it's the first thing he said was like, so you've got a, a sword, it's on the right trigger to use it um, but you'll have to unsheath it by pressing down on the D-pad um, before you can use it. So I was just like testing that in back at home before we set off for this village. Um, I was in a courtyard, just like <laughs> unsheathed my sword, and then I terrified all the villagers. So then a police, like the equivalent of a military policeman started chasing me around, <laughs> and I couldn't work out what to do, and he just ended up killing me. So I was just wandering around aimlessly trying to get away from this Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> Medieval Rosa. Um, yeah, anyway, let's move on to um, Unity Descenders. Ah, oh, this was one I really wanted to play, but I didn't get time. Right, so we left Kingdom Come late. Yeah. And That's a bit of an issue. We might want to sidetrack slightly on this. So you, Dave, and anyone coming to Gamescom in the press side, you spend an awful lot of time 
making appointments and every appointment some some of them work on different time zones and some of them are working on like different time slots um quite often it's a half hour slot from on the hour to half past the hour and half past the hour and that's all fine but they will take up the full time slot and gamescom is massive so you'll have like normally two or three minutes to get between appointments as an absolute max so when they start running over for whatever reason they don't ever seem to take into account the fact that yeah. you've probably got to be somewhere else yeah. <laughs> which is quite frustrating I mean obviously they only care about their own game and they're probably bored out of their mind having done the same thing 30 times in a row for three days solid but um, it means that we're like properly legging it around sometimes just to try and get places and it means that um, unfortunately sometimes we end up missing stuff through no fault of our own so if we have got to the point with you, <laughs> I'm really sorry if we didn't make it um, anyway let's talk about Descenders yeah, so I got in there late, so they were they were already playing it. It was playable demo, which is cool. They only announced it like three or four weeks ago. It's um, kind of like Trials, except you're from a behind perspective rather than like side. Ah. Um, there was two different game modes that he did. One was just a straight out race. He's just got to try and get from point A to point B on his own. But the as you go in so fast, the speed that it's going. And you got like um, you know a bit like there'll be a tree that you got to go around that bit, and there might be a jump, and you mm-hmm. and it's really easy to just keep smashing into the yeah. part time. So <laughs> that was cool. And the second game mode he switched to, it was uh, kind of like objective based. So it was a really short track, but it'd say I want you to go and do. You got to do twenty feet of drifting while you go down. So you got to do that. And then the next one like had a couple of jumps on it. It was like do a forward flip and a backward flip or something like that. But it looks it looks really cool. Like a, it's a, probably going to be like an ID type game, like a, mm-hmm. a digital Not only. Price. Yeah. So I think it's worth checking out. And then after that, I went and played the Evil Within Two, which was um, I, I didn't know what to expect from this because I pl- I, well, I watched my girlfriend play. A little bit of the first one, and she was stuck in a kitchen running around with something chasing her, and I thought this looks pants. So <laughs> I, went, I went in there, this was a really cool setup, they got it all kind of dark, and they had like their own little private room, and it was all dark, and they had like the big expensive like racing chair thing oh, nice. to sit on everything. And uh, he basically said, It doesn't matter if you've not played the first, this is like its, its own story. Um, it was a full, I think I had an hour with it, yeah, it was a full hour of gameplay. Yeah, um, there was two. It was two chapters. There was chapter two of the the game and chapter three. So um, it was like the first chapter was very much holding your hands and you know telling you where to go. Quite linear. That was straightforward enough. It's you've got like uh, no ammo or well nothing, and then you kind of picking up a gun. And, but you you kind of better off hiding most of the time, or you know try to sneak around these yeah. weird zombie things. The third mission was, also oh the third chapter was very much you on your own, and you had I don't know I don't know, it was like the, you got this device and you turned it on it was like tracking and you could lock onto, you you basically the, the game you, you try to find your daughter who's been sucked into this world world thing I don't know, <laughs> but there, you got this device where you could kind of lock onto her voice and go and find this and it, then you could put it on your back of the character because it's third person you could sit give you like you know, a number counter down or a book mm. to how far you're at. So, but pe- some people were doing the same as me 
and they just went off exploring and did completely whereas I just wanted to try and go through what the objective yeah. was it had a very kind of Alan Wake vibe it's not a horror game as in like blood and guts and jump scares yeah it's just it's very much it, psychological yeah, like, he said like I, like I was speaking to him afterwards and I said like I, I thought it was like straight up blood guts chainsaws everywhere and yeah. stuff and he said no it's you know, on a scale it's very more and I mentioned Alan Wake he said yeah that's kind of like where we Okay. Aim it at the game looked really polished, like really nice. Had it was on PC. I was playing it, so it was probably four K. I don't know if it's going to be Xbox One X four K or not. But okay, I think if you like the game, you're going to love that. Cool. That sounds interesting. Okay, that was Wednesday. That was just one day. We just covered it. <laughs> and then we got Thursday. Thursday was like triple A day. We did. Um, had a lot of fun, particularly with Ubisoft. Their stand is amazing. Big shout out to Steph, who was looking after us. They gave us like capturing. They gave us stuff to capture things with. So we actually have a ton of footage of Assassin's Creed, The Crew Two, uh, and that's it. <laughs> Those two games we have done a pretty for. Um, okay, let's talk about Assassin's Creed first, then, Dave, because you spent some proper time with this. Yeah. So this was good. So we played it in the Microsoft booth on Tuesday. Yeah. But there was nobody with you there. You just yeah. kind of walked in and played. This one, it was the, the way they do it is so cool. You've got all the, all the, you, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 people in this room and they have one guy watching you in like two people. Yeah. So if you get stuck, one developer, yeah, you have a question to ask. So, and he's watching and if you're struggling with somebody, they'll come and tell you what you're doing wrong and stuff. So that was super useful. So I played a game, he said it was about halfway through the game did this uh, crazy mission and it was kind of Assassin's Creed you know you got to go here and speak to somebody and then you went back to another area and then you had to kind of use your eagle vision thing yeah. and find some clues to like this mystery forgot to find out like who this baddie was went to fight him the fights the combat was I enjoyed the combat like in all the old Assassin's Creed games you could just basically use the counter, counter, yeah. counter, all the way through. No matter how many enemies you were around, you just use counter. This there is a lock on that you can use, so you're not <laughs> flying your swords around aimlessly. <laughs> but if you if you get surrounded by a couple of guys, you just got to run away. Like you can't yeah. cope. And the whole is he said it's very dark souls now the combat. It's, it's like, quite a departure. For, this, yeah, it's this massive. combat system's been in place for. Sort of six, seven is, years is, now. Is it's like, much, I mean, they tweak it every year. This is very yeah. much more skill based. Like, oh god, you can't just. Oh, he's trampled me. Like, yeah, it was like you had to roll out of the way, and while I was rolling out of the way, there was a guy who had a sword, and he switched to a bow and arrow and started firing at me. So you got to dodge out of the way of that, and then another guy's charging at you with a massive pole thing. So I, yeah, I kept running away. Finally, did that, and then he said, "It's up to you. The world's like yours now." And then he, he let me go. Go, I went to a pyramid. Yeah. Which is very much like the tombs in the first couple, I think. Uh, do you know, like you have to go, like getting in there straightforward, but then when it's inside, it's all puzzles and like some of the bits I was pretty stuck with just kind of, I suppose it kind of ease them into you as we were like mid game. Yeah. Um, and hungover. Yeah, it was like <laughs> probably basic puzzles, but you had like torch, like it's pitch black, so you got to use a torch, and you got to find like these fire pits at the sides to like light up and they'll reveal stuff around. And but it was super cool. We got like forty five minutes of footage of that. So. Yeah, including a bit where you were firing an arrow at someone, and the arrow went through fire. Yeah, and then caught a light, and then turned into like a fireball yeah. thing. That's what you're looking forward to seeing that. 
Um, excellent. So that was we we weren't sure about that game when we played it at Microsoft, but you were way more positive coming out of it. It was the favourite thing you played that day, I think. And, well, at least until Need for Speed, which we'll come on to. So I played some Destiny Two. So we played a little bit of that on uh, another day on PC, um, which was the first time I'd used keyboard and mouse uh, really properly at all. But I quite enjoyed it. It was like a single player mission. Um, I got fast pass down to the show floor to play this on PlayStation. And again, there was an enormous... I mean, Destiny's 2 is obviously a huge game. There was an enormous queue there. Um, and I went in, uh, sat down and played a multiplayer game. But it was... I think it was five against five. And I seemed to have, like, Germany's best esports team on my side <laughs> for this game. Because it was just... I suppose it, it, it was a capture point thing. So there was ABC points on the map to capture... And within like three or four seconds of the thing starting, we had all of the capture points. <laughs> and I didn't see an enemy for maybe the first three minutes of it. I was just wandering around. Everyone was just dead. They were just constantly being killed. Um, I finally saw someone who was just stood on a capture point, obviously capturing it. I shot them really easily. And then I didn't see anybody else for the rest of the game. We won 47 to 7 in kills. And the game probably lasted about four minutes. And then they told us to leave. <laughs> so... <laughs> That was really frustrating. Um, well, I did play if, you know, Destiny, but Destiny might play it. was all right. Oh, brilliant. Okay, let's move on to Battle Chasers. Did we see this together? Yeah, this okay, is one where you made notes, but lost your Oh, that's my notes. Uh, right. It's an old card, uh, comic book series. Oh, yes. And the guy who did the art and wrote these comics is now involved with the game. It was a dungeon crawler. Yeah, turn-based combat. As soon as he mentioned turn-based combat dungeon crawler, I was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. But this actually looked really cool. The mm. it was the art style is really nice, like similar to the cartoon. Yeah, if he, the comics were... Um, he had comics on the desk, and they had a really like defined art style. It looked yeah. really smart, and they translated that brilliantly into the game. The game looked stunning. Like The art, the art was excellent. Um, you had a choice of six characters, and you had to make a party of three from those um, and it's randomly generated dungeons yeah. or at least semi-randomly generated dungeons um, I think there were ten of them and they take about an hour and a half to do each one yeah. um, so it's a reasonably long game uh, it had fishing in it yeah it was, yeah. It was <laughs> part of like the book was like things you'd done in the game weren't they? and you could go catch different types of fish there were different yeah, there's, of enemies there's, you killed and like a, it's an almanac yeah, thing. yeah it was quite a lot about collecting all the different things so you had an almanac of all the enemies you'd killed and then one of all the fish you'd caught and you get you know you get um, power boost for stuff there's quite a lot of crafting in there Yeah, um, it had some amazing special moves when you got your um, power meter to the, right to the top they were just amazing. It would like cut out of the turn-based bit and go into like a full anime cut scene. Yeah, um, really, really impressive actually. Uh, the enemy design was quite interesting. There's you know reasonably varied amount of enemies. I think they were a little bit away from release. It didn't seem like it was 100 percent there yet. Um, but considering, as you say, he said dungeon crawler with turn-based combat, we both went, oh, it actually looked really good. Yeah. <laughs> it looked, I don't think I'd buy it. But I'd certainly be happy to play it. I'd give it a bash. Um, okay, then we played breakfast. Did we both play that? Yeah. Okay. You, oh, Rick! Yeah, yeah, really I don't remember. <laughs> right, so this was amazing. Like, probably <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah. We only realised it was amazing after about 20 minutes, but basically it's a destruction derby type 
game. So you have um, your vehicles, um, and then you have a load of different race types, including like a regular bog standard race. And you also have um, like destructing derby modes where it's in a sort of enclosed area and everyone just has to smash into each other. But the race was interesting because it still had all the destruction mechanics. Um, and we were just doing, I think they put me on a six lap race, which was on um, almost like a dirt track. It was almost like a BMX track that I was racing around with like jumps and stuff. Um, and it was fine initially, but the track sort of loops back on itself. So I pulled out in the front and I was, he was like looking at me like, yeah, hey, you're doing pretty well here. And like after two or three laps, I was miles in front. And then because the track sort of went back over itself, I could see like these smashes and crashes appearing and all of a sudden there'd be like bits of car that had come off a collision that were in the way so from having like a really perfectly driven first three laps where I was miles in front suddenly I was having to try and avoid all these bits of metal and bumper that were stuck in the middle of the track and um, cars coming the other way and I accidentally hit one of them and then it all just kicked off it was just complete carnage everywhere and um, the cars are obviously massively destructible um, every single piece of a car will will break off um, and it's physically accurate as well or shatter or anything um, and it was only when we finished the, or I finished the race uh, in second and like half more than half the cars didn't even finish I think so they were all just smashed up um, and he showed us the rewind feature so you literally could go back and replay the entire level as I've done it but from any cam camera angle you could like had a drone cam but you could also slide it down and he like just found a random crash between two AI and zoomed right in and was um, you could see like the, the windscreen actually shatter and all the little tiny bits of glass fly off or the, as the bonnet came up you could see the spark plugs like ripping out of the engine it was actually an incredible level of detail and um, I think we were both like wow that is absolutely great you don't really realise when you're playing it you're just sat in the car just driving around and then all of a sudden you realise how much work has gone into it it's been in Steam and Access for three years um, they've decided to finish um, or was it who was running oh, this? The, 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 media. That's THQ. THQ, so they've been made, it's been stuck in steam and it was going kind of nowhere. Mm. And then THQ kind of got involved and tried to force it like, through now. Yeah. Well, it looks amazing. So um, I think it's a Steam full release first and then I think it's coming to consoles later. Um, but yeah, really impressive. And you, you played the Destruction Derby mode. Yeah, so I was in like um, a huge bowl, even like you could drive up the side of the walls. Like, yeah. You could like a skateboard part, like a half Yeah, half part, thing. yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just it, just absolute carnage. But it was so cool. Before he sh we started playing, he showed us the cars. You can customize your cars, you know, to add like more, like more armor, and yeah, armor and things on the side. You can put different size spoilers and all this kind of stuff. And he said the AI is exactly the same. So as you're knocking stuff off, that's actually stays on the ground. And it was yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think watching. Mine was fun, but the race mode that Rich was playing, because like he was like he says, he was, he was in front and all of a sudden they just come a car flipping sideways <laughs> over the head yeah. top of him and stuff. And it was like, it was nice. You could turn those races up to like 60 odd laps. Yeah, there'd be in. nothing, there'd be no cars left, I think. It was, yeah, it, it looked fun. Can't wait it was really, really, really good. And they had, we didn't even realise, but they had like um, massive like screenshots printed out on the walls. And they were just from the replay mode, but yeah. they looked like, you know, they'd spent months putting them together in Photoshop yeah, yeah. or something. It was really, really impressive. So well done, those guys. I'm looking forward to playing that. Um, next up, we saw Ark Survival Evolved, which I've watched people playing before, um, and I've only watched people streaming it 
early on in the game where they're like naked and they're trying to build their first house. Um, that game has come on an awful long way. You've got like Iron Man style suits, huge like dinosaurs that you can pet, you can fly them. Um, it was amazing. So uh, I think it's fair to say the demo was, we didn't play any of it. We just saw the new trailer. New trailer is amazing. Check it out. I'm sure there'll be a story up on the site um, with that trailer in. It's absolutely like breathtaking stuff. Um, and they are super excited for the game. It's coming out next week, I think. Um, but if you don't know about Ark Survival Evolved, check out the, the numerous videos because it's been in early access for a long time. Um, but the full release sounds good. There's some new worlds in there um, that have been built by the modding community. So they pay their mods, modders um, to generate content if they're good at it, uh, which is quite interesting. They have one of the guys there that did that was part of that scheme so that was quite cool I'm, I'm definitely going to play that you're sending me a code so I will hopefully be streaming it or be able to tell you more about it uh, once I get that code um, next up Life is Strange what's the full title? <laughs> Life is Strange 2 yeah. Before the Something Storm Before the Storm yeah. get in tell us about it one day uh, so this was it was a bit weird because obviously he's trying not to give away spoilers from the yes game, yeah that's but he's trying to tell you how things have changed so obviously if you played the first one this is kind of focusing on Chloe and her sort of like changing from being a nice girl to a bit of a badass yeah so her dad's just died spoiler yeah which, don't think that's a spoiler because we knew that yeah um, and this was set three I think he said three years before the first game think so um, not long after her father had died and her mum is now seeing David who you'll remember from um, the first game but David's out of work they're short on money yeah they've got no cash um, so they've got rid of the key <laughs> or the main um, gameplay function from the first game which was the skipping of time or the rewinding of time so there's none of that in this game and it sort of feels like they've had they've thought rather than just creating a nice storyline game where you just choose um, uh, what to say at what point based on a load of suggestions like you would do normally um, they've, they felt like because they've removed that rewind functionality they've had to put something else in and what the something else is is the back chat system so you, you can find yourself in situations where you're having a conversation with another character and it will give you the op opportunity to go into back chat mode um, and basically <laughs> it was quite weird like they will say a sentence to you and you'll just basically have to remember the nouns or the keywords that are in that sentence. And then when they show you what your options are for replying to that person, you have to choose one that has that option, that keyword in it as well. It's like the most simple thing. And if you're just paying any sort of attention, it's trivial to do. Like he was he was almost making it out like it was some really clever system that they come up with. But it was really, really obvious. Um, and it seemed a bit pointless because you had to do like four or five of those in a row. To get through the scene, and it was like, not sure about this really. Um, yeah, well, you didn't have to back chat, did you? You didn't have to, yeah, I'm not really sure what the. But then he was showing about the. Because it was weird, he had one big massive screen. Well, that was the coolest thing about it. And then four, like, four around it, and it was like, why are they. Yeah, doing? five TVs on the wall. So then he, he went and said, right, okay, we're going to play through. And it's, if you've watched, like, after E3, I think they did, like, a 20 minutes of gameplay. Oh, did they? So it, it was that very first bit where you uh, go to a nightclub as you're trying to see it, a band aren't you and you try and steal a t-shirt and you you can take the cash from the trunk of the car and stuff so he said right we did this and there's a bit after that where she can buy some drugs from the guy who lives in the weird van thing 
and you can choose whether to buy those drugs or not. He said, right, okay, so we're, we're going to buy the drug. No, we're not going to buy the drugs. Then he switched to another screen and she wakes up in the morning and she's having a cigarette in yeah. bed and blah, blah. Then he did switch to another screen. He's like, right, we've bought the drugs now. And then she wakes up and she's like having a spliff instead and she's got like the little pack of weed yeah. and the thing. And they, he just kept, there was, a, I don't know, maybe three or four times he kind of showed different consequences of doing things mm. and how it alters later on. Yeah. And like when you, if you steal the money, there's a chance later on to, you can either buy the drugs or later on it, your mum's saying how skint she's been and got no money and struggling to pay the bills and you can put the money in the purse and stuff. So there was loads of stuff around those choices, but he's obviously not trying not to give too much. Yeah, no, no, that's fair enough. Because you'll be playing it next week when it comes yeah, out. Yeah, he so. kept saying, oh, I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, so episode one, I should say, is out in a couple of weeks, and then, or next week. And yeah, then next week. they're trying to do two after eight he's, weeks. He's seven, eight weeks. He's yeah. How they do. And then uh, there's only three episodes in this one rather than five. I was going to ask him why there's only three, but we forgot to do that. Okay, then we moved on to yet another racer. It was The Crew 2. Um, so a huge open world racing game. Tons of events to do all around the map. Um, quite a funky. Uh, I don't know. I don't think this was in the first game, but you could switch between vehicles. So you had like an active car, an active plane, and an active boat. Um, you could just press. I think it was like the right stick in or something, and then choose um, to flip to a car or a plane or, or a boat uh, at any point in the entire game, which was quite cool. Um, they set us up with a motorbike like quad race type thing off-road yeah motorbike race yeah motorbike race that's the one um, which I won but I didn't think handled particularly brilliantly I mean motor, those sort of bikes probably are not the best way to experience a racing game anyway um, and then just driving around the real world as well I didn't think they handled particularly great I was really twitchy on the back end of my Nissan GT that I was driving Um overshooting corners constantly one of the events we did was a drift one and I, I did really well on that one but I think that's just because the girls are really naturally drifty I don't really like that uh, it was wet so I don't know whether that had something to do with it um, but I wasn't particularly impressed I thought it was okay yeah there's a load I mean this game you need to spend a lot of time with obviously open world but yeah the handling wasn't quite what I was expecting Um we don't have much time, so let's wrap through these next ones. So Anno, we saw, which was um, a new Anno game. There are loads of them. It's PC only. Uh, it's like a Sims world builder that's set in a historical period. It looked really cool. There was lots of funny things that happened. He was making a zoo for the rich people, and yeah. all the workers started revolting and had a fight. And It was quite interesting. The guy was obviously really passionate about it. Then I saw Biomutant, which was a... <laughs> A wolf, you play as a wolf, like cute, cuddly wolf. It looks stunning. Graphically, this game is really, really quality. Um, in an, It's like an open world RPG thing where your character has kung fu abilities. So the, the key thing about this game is that it's like really fast paced um, combat. You can like, you need to be jumping up and down, um, firing, you've got like a quite powerful gun. So you're jumping and firing the gun, and you can do like kicks and melee, all in, and it's all quite fluid. You can do it all quite quickly, tie all these little moves together. Um, and then after each sort of major fight, your character mutates and gets new special powers. He rattled through quite a lot of it, but it was really impressive. I want to play this game more. I don't, you know, it's not normally you say RPG. I'm like, well, but this is like a proper action 
Um, really interesting. Looks like the combat could be great fun. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to playing more of that. Then we played Black Mirror. That we watched. We watched, yeah, we watched him play. So this is a f- reboot of an old PC series. Yeah. Uh, it's like a gothic horror type game. Uh, pretty slow paced. Um, set in a mansion. Uh, I think it was your father's mansion, and he kills himself. You you disappeared. And you come back to find out what, try and find out what happened to him and why the, he killed himself. The game was basically like a, an interactive puzzle game, wasn't it? Like yeah. Telltale, like Sherlock Holmes tag game, yeah. that kind of thing. But dark, pretty, yeah, pretty and, dark. Uh, there was some uh, threat. So we asked him, it's coming out November on PS4, Xbox One, PC, 28th of November. He said it's about 12 hours in length. And it was 40 euros, he didn't tell us that. What euros, forty dollars, what pounds that'll be? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that seemed quite pricey for something that's that long yeah. to me. And it was the voice that he was like really proud of the voice acting, which was fine, but the lip animations were really great. weird, and the game looks a bit wooden. But they've got some time to improve. And we thought Mark would love it. Yeah, Mark seems like Mark's kind of game, and we got potential interviews, so we're going to have to do that. Yeah, um, and then the highlight of the day. Arguably, the highlight of Gamescom for me was Need for Speed Payback. We had a presentation by the developers, and then I got to play the game on the biggest telly with the most incredible sound system. Um, I don't know how big that telly was, hundred plus inches, uh, and I was just sat in front of it with a with an Xbox controller playing some of the missions. Uh, I mean, it's, um, in don't want to say inspired by burnout. It's got a definite burnout vibe to it. Uh, there's like you can do takedowns on the on the cops. Um, the story looks like it could be quite deep. We're always worried about stories in racing games, but this looked like it could be quite interesting. Um, but just the car handling is just so much fun. Like just, I mean, I just cannot wait to play this game again. Uh, November tenth on early access on EA. Uh, but yeah, every single thing I played in it was brilliant. There's um, like a loot crate thing. Um, where you can find like these loot crates and it, I think it tells you what's in them before you go and get them because it's a bit of a risk reward so you'll get something really good out of it like stuff for your car or loads of credits or something but as soon as you touch the loot crate you'll, you'll be have a tracker on it and like hundreds of police will turn up yeah. straight away so you have to like try and get away from them um, oh, it was just awesome like we played some of the story missions and then just as I said that loot crate thing just driving around and it was epic I did the off-road stuff which is like the first time they've done it mm. and it was like some off-road racing drifting around corners that was pretty funky yeah <laughs> cool no the whole game's amazing I um, I cannot wait for it okay we need to go and get the train um, thank you Cologne as always you have been a pleasure um, and yeah we'll be back in Blighty later on today um, back to the regular podcast schedule <laughs> next week and uh, back to Gamescom hopefully next year for more fun and games. <laughs> See you later.